0: we've only
1: hello beautiful people welcome back to a living color abroad i'm your host Andrew rodriguez and on this episode you'll be listening to carol who is living abroad in kazakhstan now i'm so excited about this episode because i know nothing about kazakhstan And hopefully neither do you, and you will learn some things. (laughs) So Carol, on this episode, is going to talk to us about how she decided to move to Kazakhstan, how it chose her, quote-unquote, what it's like to be a single mother abroad, why she decided to move abroad during a pandemic, and finally, why she believes moving abroad is not mostly about bravery, but about knowing yourself. Hope you enjoy. This is A Living Color Abroad. Carol, welcome to In Living Color Abroad. How are you doing? I'm doing
0: well, thank you. How
1: are you? I'm doing pretty good. It is 9.30 a.m. in Costa Rica, and it is 9.30 in the evening over there in Kazakhstan, right? Yes, it is. Awesome, awesome. So I I won't keep you up too long, because I know you have work tomorrow. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, let's get right to it, Carol. Please tell our listeners a little bit about yourself.
0: Okay, so um, my name is Caroline, and my friends all call me Carol. And I am currently living and working in Kazakhstan, Almaty, um, to be specific. I arrived in August this year, in the middle of a pandemic, so that's been um, very <laughs> exciting. I am originally from the UK, so from London, where I live and taught for yeah, basically most of my adult existence. Um, I, what else? What do I say about myself? Um, I'm a parent. So I've moved over here with my son. So it's just myself and my son that's moved over to Almaty. It's our first um, expat experience. So teaching and living internationally. Oh. It's something that i thought about doing for a very long time. But um, we've now taken the major plunge.
1: <laughs> a very major plunge indeed during a pandemic. <laughs> yes, I know. I know. It's like the
0: craziest time to move. I got my job way back the end of last year in November. So there was no, um, well, obviously we, there was some news, but there was no like global pandemic. And mm. then it was like, hmm. Then okay, it was. This is interesting. <laughs>
1: oh man all right so tell us a little bit about since you're from london tell us a little a little bit about uh growing up in london what is that what is that like to grow up there
0: um so london is like it's an amazing city to grow up in so london is you know it's i guess it's london new york paris you know we hear of these <laughs> no. major cities london is very cosmopolitan it's very diverse um you know it has a lot to offer in terms of growing up, you're exposed to a wide variety of different communities, demographics, both in terms of socio-economic backgrounds. You know, you'll have somebody who lives in a million pound house and then you'll have somebody who is on welfare, basically living mm. next door. It's very condensed. Um, And in some ways that can be a massive struggle um, when you can see so much wealth in front of you and maybe you are not from that wealthy community. Mm -hmm. But then it also is about you're able to mix with people outside of your social setting and your your kind of demographic group. Um, So in that sense, I guess growing up in London, I was able to, you know, grow up with a number of people from different backgrounds, um, I am mixed heritage, so my mom is English and Jewish, and my dad is from the Caribbean. So I am um, an '80s baby. So mm. I grew up in a time when I get, I don't want to say it was less fashionable to be mixed heritage, but it wasn't like you know this thing that you know you just saw. It wasn't you know it, it was this oh where are you from or mm. what are you
1: yeah. <laughs>
0: almost, um, which was a very um, challenging time, I think, um, because you're not white and you know sometimes people say you're not black you know Mm -hmm. so but then it was difficult because at the same time it's like well actually you're brown you're as brown as some of your friends who are you know both parents are black so
1: Yeah.
0: yeah it was a very challenging time in terms of identity um sometimes growing up in london particularly when you look at the way um you know times have changed we've become very politically correct in terms of how we we describe individuals but you know myself and my siblings were growing up you know if you were brown you were just black in the news or Mm -hmm. in the TV or the press so in that sense um, as much as it was amazing growing up in this very diverse city there was lots of different people from many different backgrounds I still found myself sometimes struggling to identify where I was from in terms of you know where did I fit into that society Um, and I think London's a very class based society as well so you you kind of, you're more subjected to wealth, um, you know? And, and I think, in a way, that's an advantage in the sense of you can be working class, Irish working class, English working class, Somali, you know, mm-hmm. Caribbean, you know, Nigerian, you're all just working class. Yeah. Um, and London tends to be a bit more stacked in that way. Um, so, yeah, but... On the more places, um, as I said, it was a city where it was very fast-paced. I was exposed to uh, globalisation and modern, and you know, just everything you have in a, in a very um, fast-paced, moving city. So yeah.
1: So why, um, why did you decide now was the time to move?
0: Um, it's really interesting, actually. So I wanted to teach abroad um, when I became a teacher like one of the things i wanted to do was one work with young people from my own community particularly um young black boys um if you know anything about the education system um caribbean boys are one of the um you know considered to be an underperforming group um for various different reasons and so for me i wanted to teach within my community um, but then i also wanted to travel the world i initially applied for a job probably say about 13 14 years ago and um I got scared I was scared Mm. of being brown abroad basically I was scared of what might be my experience you know at the time I think I might be I don't know you know I was in my early 20s and there wasn't as much exposure as there is now there wasn't as many platforms where we can see so much more about the world and we can see that you know we can travel you know Mm -hmm. um, as people of color and and It was something that sat in my heart Um, and then, you know, I I had my son, life starts going, you know, things get more complicated and it just wasn't an option at the time. And so, you know, I did a few things that I needed to do in order to to navigate this path and last year just seemed like the right time to make an application and I was just ready. I was emotionally, mentally and physically ready to embark on uh, this new chapter and this new journey um, and not be held back by the fear of the unknown.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's a, that's, I, that's such a great point because I feel, for example, in my situation, I had no, I didn't know that living abroad or working abroad was an option. I I didn't really know about that, right? And I wow. I just happened yeah. to do some research because I, I, I wanted to like sort of like a change of pace. For, I'm from New York City. So I wanted to change yeah. the pace of New York. And I'm like, well, I teach, but I also like to travel. How can I combine yeah. these two worlds? And I'm like, oh, wait teaching abroad and then i looked it up and i'm like oh there's actually an agency that helps you find the job right. <laughs> so it wasn't one of those things where and again you mentioned like the whole people of color thing i think when you go to like certain universities or you, you come from a certain socioeconomic status these things are thrown at you as possibilities right but i never knew about this idea of like you know studying abroad or like studying abroad i heard of but i never thought oh i can do that i thought no nah, it's for other people not for me so it's very interesting that you say that yeah
0: interesting because i hate the word cultural capital but for lack of an alternative i think what you've hit on is the fact that grown up from particular demographics or particular socioeconomic backgrounds you don't necessarily have that exposure or that generational knowledge or that cultural capital to know that these are options for you so you are navigating new spaces um often unaware of the opportunities that actually lay ahead of you, you know, and maybe within your community, not many people have done that. So you don't even know these are options for you to do. And therefore, because you don't know that, you don't know how you're going to be received if you access these opportunities. And I think that is a massive hurdle for a lot of the the people that I know in my community and also a lot of the young people that I've worked with, just not knowing that Mm -hmm. these are options.
1: And and that's why I have this podcast. (laughs) So and people and and people like you to interview. All right. So now you you uh so when you when you were looking for the jobs and you applied, did you have a certain region in the world in mind like wherever the world takes me, whatever life takes me, that's where I'm going. How how do you decide on (laughs) Kazakhstan?
0: All right, so this is really funny. No, no, not funny, but it's like everyone says, you know, how did you pick Kazakhstan? And I'm like, no, it picked me. <laughs> I never would have considered here. It. Like, it, I, you know, I'm, I'm really honest. Like, I read it in my blog. Like, I literally, when I was shortlisted, I was like, who's going to Kazakhstan? Not me. <laughs> that was my literal response because I knew so little about this part of the world. And <laughs> I saw snow and was just like, no one's going, <laughs> basically. And I had, like, in my head, I'm like, yeah, I want to go Thailand, or I want to go Malaysia, I want to go Southeast Asia. Like, that was my thing. Uh-huh. Didn't want to go the Middle East, you know. I visited, it's a great destination, but it was just somewhere that I didn't necessarily want to go and live and teach. And so I was like, yeah, that's where I want to go. And then this came up, and I was like, oh, okay, let me do a bit of research. And the more I researched was the more I was just blown away how little I knew but also how amazing the country appeared to be and you know all the things it had to offer and I was just thinking this sounds like an amazing destination. Mm-hmm. Um, did my interview and was again blown away you know asked more questions and that is kind of how I came about to be in this part of the world. Um, it was also attractive at the fact that it is not as known and therefore there was more kind of adventure in the process you know more mm-hmm. to be explored because so, you know, I mentioned it to anybody in my social circle, and bar one or two people who work in um, like oil and different industries, everyone looked at me sideways like,
1: you're, <laughs> you're going where? <laughs> where? Right, right, right. And the only thing that I know about Kazakhstan is unfortunately from Borat, which is, you know, Ali G, the comedian who's absolutely from the UK. Right. And I thought, I'm like, okay, this is Kazakhstan. I already know know from his lens, his comedic you know, legs, right? I haven't right? even watched it. <laughs> h- literally haven't even watched it's it. It's hilarious. I, like, I don't want to watch it. I, I, I mean- think it's so funny. <laughs> and I will
0: watch it at some point, but I was just like... One of the, the biggest things about this was being brave. Like, that was the biggest yeah,
1: thing, because... Yeah.
0: Nobody knew of this destination from my circle and everyone will project, or not everyone, I'm, I'm being, you know, I'm exaggerating, but so many people project their fears because of they don't they don't not realise they're projecting their fears. And so for me, I was like, I had to cling on to everything that I had researched that was so positive um, and kind of just filled me with confidence about making such a big move to a place that so many people didn't know lot of information about. So I I didn't watch it just because I was like, I don't (laughs) want to watch something that maybe is going to make me go yeah, this might not be a
1: good idea. <laughs> yeah, so I, I, I suggest everyone's listening to watch Bora either his TV show or the movie. It's hilarious. Again, they'll use that as a representation <laughs> of Kazakhstan, but just, it's really funny. It's, it's comedy. But anyway, so I actually did my due diligence. I'm like, let me see what I don't know about Kazakhstan. Turns out I know absolutely nothing about Kazakhstan. So you mentioned the Middle East. So I looked up, I'm like, is Kazakhstan a part of the Middle East? And according to like things that I've seen online, like it is not considered a part of the Middle East; it's more considered a part of Central Asia, and like, cause does it share the border with Russia?
0: Yeah. So basically, I had to do loads of research, and so hopefully I don't get anything wrong. But this was the stuff I found out before I moved. So Kazakhstan is Central Asia, and it borders Mongolia, China, Russia, and some of the other Stan countries. It is actually the ninth largest landmass country. That's now, something I also I found never. out. <laughs> That's <is> crazy. <laughs> like I was like, wow do we not know so much about right this country right. like when it's in the top 10 largest countries in the world like yeah. it, it's it's mad so yeah so no so it is central asia yeah
1: yeah and another thing so for reference for anyone listening because i also found this out that is the ni- ninth largest country right, land mass in the world and that is four times the size of texas just for reference of how yes. big te- so that's like yes. you said that's so crazy to even think about and another fun fact mm-hmm. Uh, is the fact that I didn't know what "stan" meant, right? I'm like, why do these countries have "stan" as a suffix? But "stan" is Persian for like place of or land. So I'm like, all right, there land we go. Of, uh, yeah, yeah land. land of. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. another thing to know about things of Kazakhstan and nations that share that suffix. So <laughs> yeah, but uh, and that was really yeah.
0: interesting thing. So. <laughs> So sorry. Where I'm based, Almaty used to be the capital, but Nur Sultan's now the capital. So where I live, it's very very modern, and it's it was heavily invested in because it used to be the capital of the country. So it's a it's quite a large city.
1: Wow, wow, wow. Okay. So you pick Kazakhstan. So you mentioned you have mm-hmm. a, you have a son. How old is your son? He's nine. Okay. So when you tell your son, "Hey, mm-hmm. we're moving to Kazakhstan." what did he say to you
0: (laughs) so it's so crazy because i was very strategic so i've been laying this seed for about four years like "Hmm," every Uh. time we went somewhere what would it be like to live here what do you think (laughs) it would be like to live here so i was always laying the seed at like we're adventurers and maybe one day we'll go abroad and so when i told him like he, he he was you know uh I think, yeah, eight at the time so, you know, he doesn't really know that many different, he's like, okay and I was like, it's got skiing, and, you know, you highlight everything that's going to be amazing (laughs) and I think he was just really excited, I think he was most nervous about um, maybe not speaking the language because they speak Russian and Kazakh here and both languages are quite challenging, um, so none of them are, you know, like, not that learning language isn't challenging in itself Mm -hmm. but um, they are quite difficult languages to, to, to kind of you know get to grips with and yeah. um, but he was really excited i think he was nervous um but excited at the same time with this like new adventure that he was going on. I definitely, for anyone who's listening who, ha- who has kids, I would 100% say immerse your child into that experience. Like he knew when I was going for my job interviews, like mommy's getting ready, you know, mommy's got a big day. Um, I very much like when we watch videos, YouTube, listen to like Russian on, you know, and try and say hello. And like, <laughs> I just did as much as I could to make him a part of the, the process and the experience, so when we moved, it wasn't a oh my gosh we're moving. So when we packed, he helped pack. When we was getting rid of stuff, we got rid of stuff together. So it was a whole family process between us.
1: That's amazing! Wow, that I mean that is absolutely great advice. So let me actually now on a more personal note. So you're a single mother, correct? Yes, yes, okay. yes, I'm on my own. So for yourself, when you were when you decided when you got the offer and you said, all right, I'm going. What was going through your mind? Because I only think from my perspective, right? I'm, I'm a single person. I don't have any children. I'm like, all right, this is me and just me, right? Like this is my experience and I don't have to worry about basically anybody but myself right now, right? And for most people that do live abroad, that are not parents or, you know, married or whatever. So for you as a single mother, what was going through your mind? Not just of how am I going to take care of myself here? How am I am going to adjust? But how is my child going to adjust?
0: Um, You know, it's it's really interesting because so many people say, oh my gosh, you're so brave. And I'm like, it's not about being brave. It's about knowing yourself, you know, Mm. and and even further, it's about having a support network. So yes, I'm on my own, but son's dad is very supportive of this move so this wasn't a I'm taking my son and we're going it was like even though we are not together like what is best for our son and Mm. to know that he was supportive of this process also made that a lot more easier because you know he, my son could speak to his his dad and his dad's family about this move and about his nerves and about the things that he was unsure about. And I think for me, the biggest thing was, where was I at in terms of me, you know? Mm. Um, I'd done a lot of work on myself, just, you know, and this is not to go too off track, but just doing a lot of foundational work on who I was and the things I wanted and working out any of your kinks and, you know, all of those things that you need to do as, as, a, as an adult, you know, ultimately. And because I knew I was in a good space, and I had taken that time to kind of work those things out I was ready emotionally and mentally and physically to do such a big move so I wasn't as worried about am I gonna cope I was more can my son cope and how do I support him and I have a very supportive family so the first few weeks here where my son wasn't coping my my mother my father my best friend he you know everyone would just call him and talk to him on the voice time and on messenger because they knew what he needed to be supported and i just think mm-hmm. for me having that support network but also mentally knowing that i was equipped and prepared and had done so much research about what might be my challenges not to say like you just sell through but it really gave me a good footing to 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 do this you know
1: yeah no i, I think that's such a powerful statement right not about Just being brave, but knowing who you are. And I think that what people, I think, tend to do when they decide to move abroad is they're trying to find themselves, right? Quote, unquote, find themselves somewhere else. Mm. And I think that is is possible, right? Because you do learn about yourself when you put yourself in a literally new space and the unknown, right? When you plunge into the unknown. But I agree with you. You have to kind of know more about yourself to be like, this is me, and therefore I can do X, Y, and Z. And that's where where I was... Exactly. What could you cope with? And that's where I was before I went to Costa Rica. I'm like, I think one I want to do this and I think I could do this, right? And again, you said the support system is such a huge thing because while in my family, my parent my parents were not thrilled, like they were not happy that I was leaving. Like they just were not. But <laughs> <laughs> but um, you know, my-, I can't
0: say my family were jumping
1: for joy when they needed <laughs> destination. Some of them were a little- yeah right and and, it, and sometimes it obviously it matters the region you're going to how, how much they know about said region or country but also the fact that you're just leaving right like that's hard for families hey. to be like wait i'm not gonna see you as much as i did right and so yeah, that that's yes. that's hard to cope and like you said they project right they project their own fears onto you mm-hmm. and you have to do your best job of kind of understanding where they're coming from but not letting that control your your decision yeah. making and I think it's just a huge thing for anyone listening, like, as thinking about moving abroad, whether you're a single mom, whether by yourself, whether whatever your situation is, like you. I think you made the great points about knowing who you are and obviously having a little bit of bravery to dip your toes in that. But all right, so you're in you're in Kazakhstan. What was your like first experience with it? Like, what was one thing you saw when you first arrived? You were like, whoa.
0: Okay, so the worst thing for me was definitely. Um, so we're in a, a pandemic, so the whole um, the way that we got here was 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 very different to how you normally would. We had to take three flights, and it was really long, long journey. But it didn't feel that long, but it was long. Um, and so we arrived at like one a.m. or or two a.m. in the morning. And so my school was amazing. Like there was HR there, the head teacher. Like there was so much staff to pick us up. So we all had these little minivans to take us to our apartments. And as I'm in the minivan, so me and my son have this whole minivan with two members of staff, just our luggage, we're driving and we just see a horse and its calf belt across the freeway, like running <laughs> like, and into the woods. And I was like, oh my gosh, like, does that happen all the time? And he was like, no, normally when you're out, like, in the wild, you'll see wild horses, which are very frequent, actually, I've, I've come to realize. He's like, but they don't normally run across the main road. And I was just like, wow. <laughs> it was just crazy to me to see that. Um, you're driving down this massive freeway, and it's then these horses just come, you know, belting out. And that was, like, my first wow moment um, as we got here,
1: that basically. Is, that is pr- I had
0: many other wow moments, but that was, like, the... the First thing, that's
1: the pretty. Well, tell me another one because that's pretty wow. So, (laughs) Uh,
0: yeah, that was pretty wow. I think the biggest wow I've had, and I really wanted to emphasize this to to any listeners, is like one of the first things I googled was being black in Kazakhstan. Like. As a person of colour, the moment you're thinking of moving to another country, you're like, hmm, how are brown people perceived? Like, what is going to be their experience if they live there? And one of my biggest wow things here is, like, just I'm so blown away with how interested people are in me as a person of colour and not in a way of... Uh, you you know I want to take a photo from a distance because I want to just say I've seen a black person or a person who's (laughs) brown like they are intrigued and interested and just so friendly and like when they see my son they're just like oh my gosh it's like wow and they want to know so much about you and where you're from and I have just found that like for me the big wow because I think as I said, many, many years ago when I was looking to travel, my biggest fear was how am I going to be perceived? And I think even in this process, there was countries that, or principals who had contacted me from regions of the world, and when I researched, I was like, mm, I don't think we're going to have a great experience there from what I've, I've researched. And yeah. so you're always a little bit apprehensive, unfortunately. And I have to say, I have... Been so overwhelmed and so blown away with just how warmly welcomed we've been in this country. I mean, they're generally just like that, but I have to say, like, I'm, am, I'm, am, yeah, it's, it's, it's amazing.
1: That that's so interesting. You make that point because I've obviously interviewed other people that are living in Asia, right, and um, and mm-hmm. even you know, in the Middle East, and they mention being black in these locations. And the one thing that I'm that I'm getting from people that I've interviewed, like in China or in Thailand, and that are black or mixed, like you are. They say you know it's kind of like it's entry, but also kind of like the photo thing. Like that's a, like that's like a real thing. Like they're just gonna take a picture yeah, of you yeah, without yeah. asking you. They might even try to touch your hair yeah. without asking you. And it, and it and it comes from a place of again I think of not really racist, but like cult, like just yeah, ignorance, yeah. like pure ignorance on on their yeah. part. And like you're like this exotic thing, versus what you're kind of talking about is actual intrigue maybe because again they haven't seen someone like you right in their their space right in their country maybe for a long time or maybe even ever for some of those individuals so they can go that route of maybe someone like it like oh let me take a picture of you but for some whatever reason in your experience they're more like let me talk to you let me ask questions and to me that (laughs) i don't know maybe it's of from my own minds and my own biases but that's the way it should be right (laughs) where you go if you don't if someone looks quote-unquote odd or a quote-unquote other to you you should probably talk to that person to find out more about them so that the next time you see someone that looks like that you have some kind of you know some sort of foundation something just something right you're not gonna know everything obviously but it's just something of like let me have a conversation because that's to me that's the only way we can, like, be better off, right? As just human beings, as individuals, is like, you know what? Let me talk to you. I don't know you. You look, quote-unquote, interesting, or I've never seen someone like you. Let's have a conversation. Let's get to know each other. I think those are the, those simple things like that could go a long way. But, yeah, go ahead.
0: A hundred percent. I think, like, here, one of the biggest things is the language barrier because English is not as widely spoken. Um, but most people have a smartphone and are, like, 100% happy to take out a translator and try and have a conversation <laughs> with you um, which is amazing and, and the thing I learned and you know if anyone does research about this part of the, the world it is such a diverse community like th- there are people from all different backgrounds because if you know the history of, of Kazakhstan in terms of the different kind of regions you'll know that actually there is a myth mi- of many different ethnic backgrounds here, particularly, obviously, you know, I had the Soviet Union and so forth. So one of the things you you don't fully appreciate is that actually you might be the odd one out because you're maybe not from this part of the world, but you will walk around and see people who are many different tones and from different backgrounds. And that is, beautiful and it's so um lovely to see that there is this mixed and blend and maybe that is why it's slightly different like i can only think of if you go to china for example maybe there's not as many different people from mm-hmm. a ranger background yeah, so sense. you are completely odd, one out whereas yeah. here people do stare at you and you know you do get this the the odd stereotypes like someone might show you a video of some black guys dancing and be like oh my gosh you know because they assume you can break dance as well because you know we all can break dance but it doesn't come from a place of um I I don't personally feel it comes from a place of negativity it's like they're showing you like oh my god I love this Mm -hmm. and they assume because maybe that's all they've been exposed to that that's a part of your culture um but it's coming for me coming from a good a good space um and I, and I love that. It's not coming from a place of, of fear or ignorance. It's coming from, a, I don't know, um, and I'm willing to learn. I'm willing to know more about you.
1: Yeah. And I think that's another good point, right? Because obviously, we have, like, you, you know, you're from the UK, I'm from the States, we have this, like, Western mentality. When it comes to like, you know, race and, you know, culture and ethnicity mm. and obviously London and New York are very diverse places. So the moment someone, mm. let's say someone from Kazakhstan was placed in New York or someone from China's placed in New York or the UK and they were to do that, you would look at them sideways, right? You're like, wait a minute, what? Like, what are you, yeah. what are you doing right now? But because you're in their space, right? You try, hopefully, and that's the thing about I think, living abroad is you have to take like a step back from yourself and like, okay, I'm new here. This is the way things might be here, so I need to find a way to operate within this space. Versus one thing that someone gave me as advice is, if you want to live abroad, don't bring, don't try to take where you were and bring it here. Basically, like if you want to, if you want to move, what's the point of you trying to take what was there here? And I'm like, it seems like such a simple thing, like no dub. But a lot of people do that. A lot of people try to bring what they had back wherever they came from into the place where they're at. But it's not like that.
0: Yeah, like you walk down the street, it's like, you know, I walk down the street and there'll be one side that's amazingly paved and the other side is like concrete and rubble and you're like, oh my gosh, but the reality is nowhere where you are, you know, I'm not in the UK, there is going to be different standards, there's going to be different expectations, there's going to be cultural barriers, there's going to be frustrations, but I chose to come here, so I have to also take time to breathe and be easy in the way I approach things because ultimately I've chosen to get on a plane and to your space, and I and I can't enter that with a level of ignorance. And I might bring new things that are amazing and new ways of learning or doing things, and that's great because we're sharing that process. Mm-hmm. But I can't come and assume my way is better because each place you visit has its own way, and some things work, some things don't. But it's unique to where you are. And I think I was very—I um, read a lot of things about that, and, and that's a great piece of advice because. It is so true, you know, and and just be prepared for, you know, one day I ran my bath, right? And so here the heating gets turned on within all the uh, buildings, like it gets turned on at a certain point in the year. That's it. Boom. End of September, heating comes on. And then when that happens, like your bath water might turn orange. So like
1: I ran the bath. Oh, really?
0: (laughs) It's orange. Like, yeah, it'll be orange and you have to run it for like half an hour. Now, back home, we don't really experience that very much. But at the same time, I'm not home. This is a different country. There's different, you know, systems. And you just go, okay, I have orange water for an hour. I'm going to (laughs) run it. And, you know, and it's just little things like that. Just be prepared, Mm -hmm. you know, for, for little things that will happen or be very different to back home. But it's a part of the experience, really.
1: It really is. And I you, another great point you made. I think that because, again, I, and I'm doing research on this as well because I am I'm, I'm actually attend King's College in London. I'm actually doing a master's oh, wow. there. So one thing we're learning right now is like post-colonialism, right? And so I feel that yes. um, us as Westerners, we and most people, right? And I think <laughs> I'm speaking more towards white people, but still, we're still Westerners in that sense, right? Yeah, yeah, is that yeah. we, we apply this kind of like Western ideology to other locations around the world. And we think, right, that, oh, yeah, this is the way it is because we're more modern. So we're going to teach you how to do things here. And that's just the way it is. And that, and that we're not yeah. talking about colonial, we're talking about right, post colonialism, right? So, and that's still yeah. like entrenched in a lot of different places. And I find that with, uh, I might have to edit this part out, but I found with educators and colleagues, I, th- I think sometimes we think or they think that, okay, I'm helping you out right now, right? And, and I think that comes from a place of ignorance that you think because you come from the West or you know uh, you have this kind of you know education that therefore your way is the way it should be wherever you are in the world. And I think that right. we have we have a lot of unpacking to do with that as people that come from the quote unquote West has to be like wait wait no how can we apply our knowledge but to this context and in a way that is going to be appreciated by them and that they want to receive. I think th- those are those are much better ways of, like you said, like this kind of like intercultural kind of connection that we could build, versus saying, "Well, you don't know what you're doing. I clearly do. Let me take charge. Let me help you guys out." But yeah, any thoughts on that? <laughs>
0: you more like one of the, the biggest things I remember um and, and I know you said you, you might edit this out but,
1: but Why I might leave like it in who knows like we'll, we'll see
0: <laughs> who knows who knows but I remember I was like I was probably about 22 and I, I went to Egypt for the first time and I remember going to like the Valley of the Kings and the Queen and and, and you know and um going to the, the the pyramids and so forth but I remember just standing there and thinking to myself like and obviously we know if anyone's done any research about Egypt in terms of the, the revolution and and, and the ch- challenges of the country had. But I'm standing there thinking, oh my gosh, like at one point you ran the world pretty much. <laughs> right. You know, the <laughs> Nile was the source of everything. And it just dawned on me that every nation, every empire has its moment, right? So mm-hmm. in a thousand years to come, we could be at the bottom of the pit. We could be the Egypt, you know? And, and mm-hmm. I think it's so important to just remember that Everybody is learning from everyone. So we can sit here and say of our Western ways, but, you know, Britain had the plague. Why did it have the plague? Because it had no filtration system for its rubbish and you dumped it out your window until somebody came (laughs) along and told you about sanitisation. And I don't mean that disrespectfully. I'm just saying that we as societies have all learned off of one another and the more we understand that process the less ignorant we will become and that's not to say that you know I'm somehow some saint in not being ignorant you know we all have it we all have biases Um, but it's about unpacking them and I think that's the word you use And, and, and it's so poignant because we have to unpack ourselves and the first point of doing that is just being aware so catch yourself in those moments so when you turn around and go oh it's because we're in kazakhstan no it's because we're in a country that is still developing and if we look at the history Mm -hmm. there you know it's still early days and it's still learning but there's so much it can also show us like if you go to north sultan their buildings are phenomenal um and they're so energy efficient because that's one of the things they want to focus on so you and they had a conference i think don't quote unquote me but a couple of years ago where many world leaders came to look at the technology that they are developing so we all have our specializations Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and we just need to leave the ignorance as much as possible because we can learn off of one another so much
1: i completely completely agree i completely agree that's we, we, got, we got a little a little into it, which is great. I love it. I love it. Talking about I education in the world. It's fantastic. That's what we need. That's what like, we need. We're, we're right in the world here. We're, yeah. <laughs> we're right, right in the world. <laughs> All right. So now, <laughs> the, yeah, this is the last part of, of the podcast, my last segment. It's like little lightning round questions, okay? So first thing that comes to okay. your mind, you answer it. Okay. What is the hardest thing about living in Kazakhstan? Um, sometimes the language language okay and they speak you said russian and kazakh right
0: russian and kazakh yeah i've started some russian lessons but i'm I'm not naturally a linguistic person so it's a bit challenging
1: (laughs) all right what is the easiest thing about living in Kazakhstan?
0: oh the people
1: Mm, tell me more why the people
0: because they're so friendly like you know you go up to someone and they apologize for not speaking english and i'm like no 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 I apologize for not speaking Russian or Kazakh. They're mm. so willing to help you and give you directions. I mean, I went to get my key cut and I couldn't speak a word. So the guy that was getting his key cut that could speak English waited and translated my whole thing, waited for me to get my keys done. And wow. then it was like, you know, spasiba. And then left. And it was just like, wow. Like, you could have just been <laughs> like, I'm busy. I have things to do. And so everyone is just so willing to help you. And for me, that is the warmest welcome I could ask for.
1: Wow, that's amazing. What? Where is the most beautiful place you've visited in Kazakhstan?
0: So, it's only been a few months, and I haven't adventured as far as I, I would like, but we went to a monastery, and it was beautiful. Like, it was just beautiful. Um, Kazakhstan is very inclined, so we are high altitude, um, and the views were just phenomenal. Like, you could see these pine trees for, like, just as far as your eye could see Mm. and I just thought wow like it was so peaceful um and so tranquil the landscape is beautiful like the landscape is absolutely beautiful so that for me
1: was one of the nicest places I've been so far and but everywhere has been very visually um you know, appeasing to the eye. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. That's always a plus, right? Whenever you move somewhere <laughs> that is pleasing yeah, to like the it's eye. Been, yeah, it's been, the, the, the landscape here
0: is absolutely phenomenal. It really is.
1: Awesome. Awesome. All right. And last question. Uh, this will be, you have about 60 seconds. You have the floor. Tell our listeners why they should, I'm trying to make this and I think of these on the spot usually. I don't have these written down. I'm trying to think of everything we spoke about and try to, like, you know, put in a nice little nice little bow. Uh, what will <laughs> you tell our listeners um, as a piece of advice on moving somewhere that they know very little about or probably didn't think about as their first choice, basically? Like, you, right? You're like, Kazakhstan, me? Yeah. Can't be. And then you're like, wait, actually, it chose me. So what advice do you give yeah. someone about that process of, of kind of unpacking themselves, like we've said, <laughs> unpacking themselves and allowing themselves to be open to the possibilities out there?
0: So what would I say? First of all- say know yourself know what you are capable of dealing with because ultimately um when you're there you are alone yes you can build all these amazing friends but you ultimately are alone so really know what your capabilities are then I'd say secondly like what are your kind of um, flexible things and what are the things that you're just not flexible about so what are the things that you can you can kind of deal with and what are the things you just definitely can't deal with then do as much research as possible like watch the person who only ever posted one video that nobody's watched, like find it on the internet and just watch every single video you can find read as many blogs, read about as many challenges that people might face and do not be naive to it or or pass it, like if it's something that you will not be able to cope with, be very honest with yourself because you will find yourself in that destination and it is not a holiday, you are living there and it will be day to day life, so really be honest with yourself, but I would also say take risks like in terms of this wasn't somewhere that was known to me and I could have just followed everybody else but actually I dared to take a risk and in doing so have ended up in an amazing place so don't be afraid not follow the crowd and go somewhere that people don't know even your family don't know as long as you are confident in that decision making process
1: I hope you enjoyed that episode with Carol. I most definitely did. Uh, I learned a lot about Kazakhstan. Hopefully you did as well. And again, I just think it's funny that... <laughs> i The only things that I knew about Kazakhstan, maybe it's the same thing with you, was through Borat. You know, the, the Sacha Baron Cohen's character. Very funny character <laughs> and very funny movie. And also, the new movie just came out. You should see it. It's on Amazon Prime. It is hilarious. Again... Like I'm sure most of you don't, but please don't use that as a representation of people from Kazakhstan or Kazakhstan as a whole, because <laughs> now we know, we know some information about it. But I do think that um, it's just interesting that I just happened to interview someone on Kazakhstan while that movie is just coming out. So that's kind of, that's kind of funny to me. But um, but uh, yeah, it's, it's just so 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 many fun facts about it that I didn't know. Like I didn't know it shared a border with Russia. Um, I didn't know it was the ninth largest uh, landmass in the world on a planet Earth. That's pretty freaking incredible. And yeah, it just seems like a, you know, and she has a lot of guts, right? To just move somewhere that she knows little about in the middle of a pandemic. Like that takes a lot of guts to do. So I definitely commend Carol because I don't think I'll be able to do that. And um, yeah, I think a, the, the one thing that I also took out of that was the fact that this idea of knowing yourself is 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 a, probably a bigger thing to her than you know than bravery and i tend to agree with her. i do think you need to be brave <laughs> to move abroad but i do think you also have to know yourself right know where you're capable of handling what you're not and if you're not too sure you got to kind of test those waters as well right you can't just think oh i can't do this so therefore you don't do it you got to kind of test the waters a little bit and see what is it capable of doing so yeah hope you enjoy that episode um so next week I'm deciding between two things, either posting an episode on the election or not posting anything at all. And not because I don't want to post an episode on the election, but because, you know, as most of you know, I, you know, I'm working full time virtually, you know, through virtual school. I'm also in school for grad school. And that takes a lot of my time. And then this also is taking up a lot, a lot of my time. So I might go on a little break. I don't want to, but, you know, life comes at you. So I'll let you know if I go on that little break or not. Um, but I, I might, I might throw on, throw on an episode <laughs> about the election, which I think will be interesting for most of you listening. Um, but yeah, stay tuned for that. Maybe I do, maybe I don't. We'll see. But yeah, if you like what you hear, please leave a review on Apple podcast, follow me on Spotify and any of your other favorite streaming platforms. See you next week or not. <laughs> this is a living color abroad. Peace.